Welcome to Discovering the Jewish Jesus with Rabbi Schneider. I'm Dustin Robertson. For the next 25 minutes, I'll be your host as we step into a sacred place that Rabbi calls a parallel reality. In our materialistic culture, it takes deliberate effort to resist the temptation to continually acquire more and more. And so today, Rabbi Schneider will introduce some practical techniques, and they'll help us strengthen our resolve. If we allow our sinful nature to run its course, we'll be chasing materialism forever. And remember that Rabbi prepared a study guide just for you at discoveringthejewishjesus.com. And our series is called A Parallel Reality. Let's just begin today by praying. Father God, we love you today and we worship you today. We need you today. Father, we're hungry for you and we're thirsty for you today. Thank you, Father. You said that if we were hungering and thirsting for you, you would fill us. Come, Father God, and fill us today. Circumcise our hearts, our spirits, our souls, and our bodies, our minds, and fill us up with the fullness of Jesus. And if you're in agreement with that prayer today, beloved, say with me, amen and amen. Praise the name of the Lord. We've been talking about the fact that there is an invisible reality waiting for you and I to discover. It's here and it's now. You don't have to wait to die to go to heaven to be there. I mean, some people believe, beloved, in a historical Jesus. They believe in a Jesus that lived 2,000 years ago, and that's the only Jesus they know. They love to read the Bible stories and study the historical Jesus, and that's as far as it goes for them. They don't understand that the same Jesus Jesus that walked upon the earth 2,000 years ago is here, he's present, and he's now in the Holy Spirit. Jesus said, I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. I will send the Spirit to you. He will take of me and disclose it unto you. Some people, beloved, have their eyes focused on a future Jesus only. They're just waiting to die and go to heaven. Some years gone by, they said a sinner's prayer. And now they're just waiting till they die to go to heaven to meet Jesus. It's all focused on the future. But I'm here to proclaim to you that the kingdom of God is also here and now, and it's waiting to be discovered. There's a reality that you can enter into on earth right now through desire, through faith, through kavanah intent. And we're going to continue on today. I covered those on the first three broadcasts. We're going to continue on today, beloved, by talking about the next dimension that is necessary in our lives for us to be walking in if we're going to fully enter in. I want to talk to you now about the importance, get this now, of having a spirit that resists the flesh. It resists evil. It resists the world. I want to talk to you about how important it is to practice resisting. Let me begin by reading a few scriptures for you today. I'm reading from the book of Galatians, Galatians chapter 5, verse number 19 through 21. Hear the word of God. Now the deeds of the flesh are evident, which are immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, outburst of anger, disputes, dissensions, factions, envying, drunkenness, carousing, and things like these, of which I forewarn you, just as I have forewarned you that those who practice such things will not 
inherit the kingdom of God. We need to be resisting, beloved, these things. Some people don't understand that these things are things that they need to fight against. They just open their heart that whatever they feel, whatever they see, they just receive. Their door is open when their door should be closed. When we're in a conversation where people begin to gossip, we don't allow ourselves to drift into that. We resist it. Because the scripture says that what comes out of our mouth will defile us. We will not enter into this sphere of victory, this parallel reality that Jesus came to give those of us in this world that would hunger for it and thirst after it if we are not resisting the culture of the age that is fueled by demonic forces of darkness. We need to resist. The Bible says we have not yet resisted to the shedding of blood. Did you realize the New Testament says you have not yet resisted to the shedding of blood? That's how serious, beloved, we must take resisting sin and resisting darkness and resisting those things that do not originate from the Spirit of God. Listen to 1 Peter chapter number 5, verse number 8 through 10. Be of sober spirit. Be on the alert. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion seeking someone to devour. But get this now. But resist him. The Bible says be on the alert. Your adversary, it doesn't say the world's adversary. It doesn't say it's the adversary only of those that don't know God. Peter's writing to us, he says, your adversary. Your adversary, Peter says, your adversary. The devil prowls around like a roaring lion seeking someone to devour. But resist him. Stand firm in your faith, knowing the same experience of sufferings are being accomplished by your brethren who are in the world. And after you have suffered for a little while, the God of all grace who called you to his eternal glory in Christ will himself perfect, confirm, and strengthen and establish you. You see, through resisting, get this, through resisting, you're strengthened, established, rooted. As you resist, it's like a muscle. When someone lifts weights to build their muscle, what does lifting the weights accomplish? The weight is resisting the muscle action. That's why it's called resistance training. And so when we resist the devil, when we resist the flesh, when we resist worldly friends, when we resist the world, it strengthens us. Peter says here, and the Lord will perfect you, confirm, strengthen, and establish you through this. If we're going to gain the spiritual vitality and strength that's needed to break into this parallel reality that Jesus brought to the world when he brought the kingdom of God in, we're going to need power to do this, and the power will be developed through resisting. We resist the natural lust of the flesh. We resist eating if we know we shouldn't eat even if it's just managing what we're eating because we're eating unhealthfully. Some of us, we have a problem. We start eating at night at 7 p.m. at night. I used to be like that. I would hardly eat anything until dinner time, and then after dinner, I would eat all night until I went to sleep. But you know what? I had to realize I needed to resist. When I'm sitting down and, you know, it's 10 o'clock at night and, and I'm hungry, I resist. And I resist what's not healthy most of the time. I still think that all things can be enjoyed in a balanced way, but not overindulgence. Resisting involves, beloved, 
how we relate to people and saying yes when we should be saying no and saying no when we should be saying yes and letting other people control us and bowing down to the pressure of men. We have to resist these things. And so as we do, we're strengthened. We have to resist the lust of the flesh. We all have built within us natural desires of the flesh. Just because we have the desires, it doesn't mean that they're right. No, we have to discipline ourselves for the purpose of godliness. We have to resist. Listen again what Paul tells us in the book of Galatians. Now, the deeds of the flesh are evident, which are immorality. What do we do? We resist it. Impurity, sensuality, idolatry, and all these things. Envying. We resist envying. We resist accusing people. We resist practicing jealousy. We resist being offended. We resist getting a spirit of offense so that we don't love people because Jesus said that we're supposed to love even our enemies. So we have to practice, beloved, get this now, resisting to enter into the kingdom of God. Resist the lust of the flesh. Resist the boastful pride of life. Resist your pride. Resist acting prideful to people. Resist lower level spirits. Resist demons. Resist watching on television what you shouldn't be watching. You're not going to be strong in God if you're sitting in front of the television set hours every day watching what you shouldn't be watching. We have to resist these things. And as we do what happens, we get strong. It develops our muscle in our spirit. Just like lifting weights develops our spiritual muscles. And we're going to need muscle in the spirit to enter into the kingdom, to break into this parallel reality that Jesus came to bring us, known as the kingdom of God. You're listening to Discovering the Jewish Jesus, and we're excited to be celebrating Partner Month. Now let's take a moment to share some encouraging testimonies that Rabbi has prepared just for you. Beloved, I'm an evangelist, and I love it when I can reach Jewish people with the gospel. I recently received this testimony from a Jewish person. Born Jewish, I love listening to Rabbi. I'm learning that Jesus is Jewish and not just for Gentiles. Thank you, Rabbi. I received Jesus. I mean, I don't know, that just melts my heart. Here's another one. We were in Israel ministering to 500 Jewish people that didn't know the Lord. Here's the testimony that we got from one of those that were there. Honestly, how do I express this? I just started crying. I feel him with my heart. I wanna thank you, my monthly partners, and know that without your love and financial support, I wouldn't have received any of these testimonies. Amen, and if this has touched you, please consider partnering with us. And now, let's get back to the message once again. The last dimension that needs to be operating in our life, in our spirit, in our walk, for us to break in to the parallel reality called the kingdom of God that Jesus came to bring, the last reality, beloved, that needs to be operating in our life is that that I'm calling discipline. Paul said, discipline yourself for the purpose of godliness. Let's look at a couple of scriptures that have to do with discipline. Proverbs chapter 23, verse 12 says, apply your heart to discipline and your ears to words of knowledge. Listen to what Paul said about himself, the great apostle Paul. 1 Corinthians 9, 27, Paul said this, but I discipline my body and make it my slave so that after I have preached to others, I myself will not be disqualified. Paul said he made his body his slave. He didn't give in to his appetites, but get it now, he disciplined himself. He disciplined his mouth. He disciplined his body and made it a slave. He walked in a disciplined lifestyle. Listen to what he said in Colossians 2, 5. For even though I am 
absent in the body, nevertheless I am with you in spirit, rejoicing to seek your good discipline and the stability of your faith in Christ. Here Paul linked discipline and stability together. You see, discipline and stability speak of strength, and it takes strength to break through the dimension of eternal life that Jesus brought us, the parallel reality that's ours, the reality of the kingdom. Listen, 1 Timothy 4, 7. But have nothing to do with worldly fables, fit only for old women. On the other hand, discipline yourself, Paul said, for the purpose of godliness. For bodily discipline is only of little profit, but godliness is profitable for all things, since it holds promise for the present life and also for the life to come. Paul said that when we discipline ourselves for the purpose of godliness, it brings us into the dimension of eternal life, and we reap the benefits of it, not just in the here and the now, but even in the age to come. We've been talking, beloved ones, beloved children of God, over the last four weeks about a parallel reality. Jesus came into the world to establish the kingdom of God. The kingdom is a hidden kingdom. Many people are not aware that it's here. The Bible says, he that created the world came into the world, but the world perceived him not. They didn't recognize him. You see, the natural man perceiveth not the things of God. But for you, children of God, the kingdom of God, those of you that have revelation, I want you to know it's here for you now that you don't have to wait to die and go to heaven to experience the freedom that Jesus came to bring. That when Jesus said, if the Son shall make you free, you'll be free indeed, you could partake of that freedom now. That when Jesus said, my joy I give to you, that's for the now. That when Jesus said, my peace I give to you, that's for the now. When Paul said in the book of Romans, you shall reign in life through Christ Jesus, get a church, that's for the now. And those of us that have ears to hear, that have faith to believe that we can have what God says we can have now. There are certain things that we can do in our life for breakthrough to enter into this reality of the kingdom. Get a church now. Jesus said this in the book of Matthew chapter 7, verse 14. For the gate is small and the way is narrow that leads to life and there are few that find it. This gate, Jesus said, that leads to life, Jesus said, is small. And the way in is narrow. And he said, few find it. I want to ask you, are you one of the remnant? Are you one of the chosen that will lay hold of it? Jesus said, many are called, but few are chosen. I want to ask you, are you one of the chosen ones? Are you one of those that God has called and chosen to lay hold of the kingdom of God here and now? When Jesus came to earth and cast out the demons, he said, if I cast out demons by the finger of God, the kingdom of God has come among you. It's broken in, it's here, and it's now. Luke chapter 17, verse 21. He that has ears to hear, let him hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. Hear, beloved one, the word of God. Neither shall they say, this is Jesus speaking, neither shall they say, lo here or lo there, for behold, the kingdom of God, Jesus said, is within you. Jesus said that you shouldn't be running here and running there and all over the world to try to find the kingdom when the kingdom is right here and it's right now. It's inside you and it's in our midst. You can lay a hold of that kingdom, but you need desire. 
You need to want it more than anything else. And if you want it more than anything else, that's going to be evidenced by your actions. You see, if you really believe that you can have what God said you can have, Jesus said, he that believes in me, rivers of living water will flow from his innermost being. Do you believe that you can have rivers of living water? I mean, I've experienced and do experience rivers of living water flowing from my innermost being. Have you ever just heard in some people's voices that there's rivers of water in their voices? You can hear the life, you can hear the bass, you can hear the fullness in their voice. Oftentimes what you're hearing, beloved, is the Holy Spirit through their voice. I can even tell sometimes when I'm singing, when I recognize I'm in the Spirit when I'm singing, my voice sounds a lot different than when I'm not singing in the Spirit. When I'm in the Spirit, I can hear the fullness. Rivers of living water, Jesus said, will flow from the innermost being of those that believe in me. Jesus said, those that believe in me, he said, they're going to know a well of life inside them. Jesus said it was a well of eternal life. And that well of eternal life that's inside Jesus' own, Jesus said it would well up within them and become within them a well of living water, get it now, so that you and I would hunger and thirst no more. You see, Jesus said you can be satisfied, that you don't have to roam around forever looking to get satisfied and not be satisfied. We know that the things of the world will never satisfy. You'll get to where you think is going to satisfy you. You're going to get there, and it might be fun and a great experience for a while, but you're going to come to the conclusion it doesn't really satisfy the deepest needs of your heart. But Jesus said we could truly become satisfied by eternal life that would well up from within and become a well of living water flowing from an innermost being that would quench all our needs for purpose, for love, for identity, for affirmation, all of it. I want you to know, beloved, you can have and I can have what God said we can have. But we need to exercise faith to enter in. You see, it's not just going to fall on us supernaturally while we're sitting on a couch doing nothing. It doesn't work like this. We cooperate. Get this now. We cooperate with the grace of God in us. So in order to enter in, we first need to have the faith that we can have, what God says we can have, then we desire it with such passion that we begin to apply ourselves with intent, with kavanah to the things of the Lord. We meditate on His Word day and night, Joshua 1.8. We meditate on what God is showing us to do in our life. Whatever He's been speaking to us in our life, we do it. We meditate on it with intentionality, with focus, with kavanah. We apply the things that the Spirit's giving us. We don't just sit in churches week after week after week, listening to the sermon, and then walk out of the service without applying it. No, we focus on what God says, and we do it. We discipline ourselves. We practice what God tells us we should practice. We meditate on His Word. And then we looked at, beloved, the importance of resisting. That we can't just go along with things. We have to resist. We can't make excuses for not resisting. We don't excuse ourselves for our slothfulness. We don't excuse ourselves for giving in to the lust of the flesh. We don't make excuses for ourselves and compare ourselves with other people and say to ourselves, they're no worse than we are, therefore we're okay. No, that's the devil's game. 
We don't measure ourselves by other people or by the world. We measure ourselves, beloved, by God's Word. And we resist in our life what's not of God's Word, whether it's a matter of the heart, whether it's something that you shouldn't be speaking with your mouth, whether it's the lust of the flesh, we resist. And finally, beloved, along with this, we discipline ourselves, Paul said, for the purpose of godliness. When you will desire God, and I will desire God with my whole heart, when we'll back that up with faith, when we'll apply ourselves with kavanah, with intent, when we'll begin to resist the things of the world and keep them out like the bride in the Song of Songs that described herself as a locked garden. She wouldn't let in her what was going to defile. And when we'll discipline ourselves to walk with Jesus in order to enter into the narrow gate that leads to life, I want you to know, beloved, you're going to possess a power you're going to possess a vitality. You're going to possess a youthfulness. You're going to carry an anointing. The glory of God's going to be upon you. The dew of heaven will rest upon you. You're going to be a sign and a wonder. It's available for you. It's available for all. Jesus said, lo, all ye that are weary and heavy laden, come to me and I will give you rest. I want you to know Jesus loves you. He's got something special for you. You just got to come to him. And I just got to come to him on his terms. We're discovering how to be intentional about God's purpose for our lives. And you're listening to the straightforward and compassionate teaching of Rabbi Schneider. Today's message comes from our study on God's kingdom titled, A Parallel Reality. And you can listen again or share this message with a friend when you visit us online at discoveringthejewishjesus.com. And right now, as we celebrate Partners Month with you, we're asking God to stir up more financial supporters who are willing to join us in this worthy mission. Rabbi? It's important for us to examine ourselves. The scripture tells us to examine ourselves to make sure that we're walking in the faith. And I know that one of the ways in my life that I examine myself is am I fully obedient? Am I fully offering myself, my life, as a sacrifice to the Lord? And it affects every area, right? It affects the way we talk, it affects our actions, and it also affects what we do with our finances. Beloved, giving to ministries that are preaching the gospel is an important spiritual principle. Paul says that we should support those that are going out for the sake of the truth. If you believe in discovering the Jewish Jesus, if you've developed an appreciation for this ministry, would you become a monthly partner with us? This is Monthly Partner Month. I want to ask you, if the Holy Spirit is just knocking at the door of your heart right now about this, please take action. This is the month to do it. Beloved, thank you for your love. Thank you for your prayers. And thank you for financially supporting this ministry. You will be blessed because, beloved, it's better to be a giver than a receiver. You can become a monthly partner today by signing up at discoveringthejewishjesus.com or give when you call us at 800-777-7835. And as a token of our appreciation for your first gift as a monthly partner, we'll send you Rabbi Schneider's Message of the Month. And plus, we have an additional gift that we want to give to you. It's an authentic shofar that's been handcrafted in the Holy Land. It's Rabbi Schneider's tradition to end each program with the ironic blessing. We pray God the Father will place his name upon you and that these words will comfort you today. In the Old Testament book of Numbers, we find a blessing God speaks over his children through Moses and Aaron. It carries the idea of favor and expression. Open your heart to the Spirit and the Word today and receive Father's goodness into your life with confidence. Yavah 
make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift you up with his countenance and the Lord give you, beloved one, his peace. God bless you and shalom. Discovering the Jewish Jesus is a production of Shalom Ministries and I'm your host, Dustin Roberts. Be sure to join us again next week for a special partner's message from Rabbi Schneider. That's Monday on Discovering the Jewish Jesus.